A rich tradition. College football podcast is now live. Hello and welcome to a rich college football podcast. I'm Spencer Van Horn. He's Robbie Stilton Pole. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. Roberto, before we get started, please take your lap. Uh, come to the stage to accept your award. Uh, if I remember correctly, you had a fantastic weekend. I, I, oh, right. I did. I did. I take I, your lap. I had a I had a very good I had a very good weekend on picks. Very good weekend. Um, did you miss anything? I did. I missed one. Um, and it's Which the one, one that did you miss. <laughs> the one you and I were texting about. I I re-listened to the episode. You actually, it's it's not a big deal. Like I I did it, but I let you talk me into picking Kansas State over Texas. I thought I remember talking you into one, but I couldn't remember which one it was. So, yeah, I knew you were down in the slums with me somewhere. That was the only I missed one. Though. Everything. <laughs> that I was the only one. That yeah, man. We we had a lot of options. No, I took Oklahoma State with you. Never mind. Yeah, because you gave me the whole because you gave the whole preamble of like how ever since Adrian Peterson, like you kind of cheered for Oklahoma. Right. Right. Um. Yeah, man, like, what, what a huge weekend, uh, and, and also, like, I, I, I don't, I'm not saying this braggadociously, I'm, I mean this sincerely, we said that this weekend was going to dictate a lot of conferences and possible playoff hopes, and boy, did it, you know? Yep, absolutely, yeah, I think uh, you got Texas and Oklahoma State now are on a collision course for... Uh, meeting in the Big 12 championship because Oklahoma State owns a whole bunch of tiebreakers now. So they're in a really good position going forward here over the next, uh, what, three weeks of the regular season is uh, they maybe can, on on the exit of the Big 12, maybe they can not only take home the final, the final scheduled Bedlam, uh, but maybe they can take home the final pack uh, or Big 12 title as well. When yeah. I say the Big Twelve, is I guess it's not the final Big Twelve. It's the final one in terms of in this in this form. iteration. Yeah, in this yeah, iteration. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, man. Um. So uh, let let's go ahead and get get into it. Let let's let's start off with the game that that we were both wrong on. However, I the thing is, we both talked about how neither one of us were confident about this game, and you know, it, it looked like it. You know, going into the halftime, it looked like just Texas was going to run away with this thing. It 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 followed kind of the suit about three quarters. It looked that way. You know that's fair for yes for three quarters. It looked like Texas was just going to take care of business, and then just stuff started happening. You know, um, I mean Malik Murphy did not have a good game. Um, didn't yeah it didn't finish good yeah no he, he did started not. off red hot yes he did Couldn't but. Hold on, but. You can't have that many fumbles. You can't have you can't have that interception. Um, you can't have those. I'm sorry. You can't have those interceptions. But like the the thing that did stand out, like look, Texas won the game. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. Their playoff hopes is still up for grabs. Also, their um, their conference championship hopes are still up for grabs. The thing is this though, when I look at this game, I'm kind of thinking I. I don't think when these two teams walked away, I don't think it's Kansas State that said, oh, God, I hope we don't have to play them again in the championship. I think Texas is the one who said that. I think Texas walked away from this game saying, 
Lord, please do not have, please do not make us have to play this team again, in, you know, in, in a few weeks. Well, I, part of me would say, I think they would feel comfortable if they don't turn the ball over, right? Because Kansas State scores 13 points off of turnovers. Texas, who got some early turnovers on Kansas State, didn't score any points off of turnovers. And I think we're really bad in the red zone. One for four on red zones in terms of touchdowns. They went three for four in the red zone overall, but just one of those was a touchdown. So I think they would, they'd probably look at it and think, if we hold on to the football, then they don't get back into the game the way that they do. Uh, An interception that helps set up a score, or did the interception go all the way back for a touchdown? Either way, um, you get some things that go your way, or you get some things that go Kansas State's way that maybe mistakes that aren't made by um, Quinn Ewers. That's fair, and, and and the thing is, like you know, what's also weird though, we haven't gotten any update on him, none at all. Yeah, I think it's still just the. I I, I just assumed it's the still the the regular, but time frame. But, but most of the time, when we when we have these games, we have these bit prolific players who are out with injury. That doesn't seem to be season ending. We always kind of in the in, during the broadcast. Or we always get rumblings of like, how are they doing? You know, on the are they on track, um, and things like that. I'm not. I'm not saying I think he's out for the year. I'm just saying it does seem like maybe he's going to be out longer than we thought. That's all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Um, I. I mean, uh, here's the thing. It, it's also uh, Quinn Ewers wasn't exactly like except for the Bama game. He wasn't he wasn't necessarily playing the incredible like the best in the world. There, I do think there is something off about Texas. I'm not I don't know what I can't I can't put my finger on it, but just uh, something doesn't seem right about Texas. And this just hasn't been the team that we saw play so well in Al- at Alabama week two. <clears throat> I don't know if they've got ling- lingering injuries at places. I do not think they're at risk of losing next week at TCU. But Spencer, just keep an eye on that at Iowa State in two weeks. That's that's the only thing that I, I, I thought about, you know, going forward with Texas and Kansas State. You know, Kansas State's um I need to pull up their schedule real quick. Cause now now it's getting it because there's like only three weeks left and now we're getting to who plays who left. Um and then they've got that four. No, well, actually, now it's just there's two teams at the top within the conference, Texas and Oklahoma State. Those two teams hold their destiny in their hands. Um, I'm very curious to see what happens, man. Let, let, let's let's talk about the other team here that I just mentioned. Spencer, we called it. Oklahoma State upset. You called it. I just tagged along. Oh, uh, that's fair. But I mean. But we're, I appreciate you trying to give me the credit. You could you could have gone against me. I could have, but I didn't. That's fair. All right, listen. Oklahoma State takes care of business in the final bedlam within the Big Twelve. This did look like Oklahoma was going like going. They were leading by seven, I think. No, they were leading by ten. I can't remember. They were leading going into halftime, going into the fourth quarter, and. 
Dylan Gabriel it just made horrible mistakes. Like, how do you have four? You got, you got, you had two turnovers. You, you had fumbles. You had, I'm sorry, you had four, four turnovers. You had fumbles. You had interceptions. Just played really poor at times. Dylan Gabriel might have played one of the worst games I've seen him play in Oklahoma uniform. And Oklahoma State, man, they just know who they are. They are a running team first, and they are going to run and run and run as much as they can on you. And But what happened today or what happened yesterday is that they were able to have balance. Alan Bowman balled out. Like 28 to 42 for 334 yards, man. Like he played really well. What did you think? I mean, just initial thoughts on this game. So, yes, uh, 21-17 was the lead going into uh, the fourth quarter there for Oklahoma. I thought they were doing a really good job on the ground and didn't really seem to, you know, live on the ground. Just 27 attempts. 148 net yards, uh, 5.5 yards a carry. Kind of feels like a team who's had a lot of success on the ground. Keep running it. Yeah, you're, I mean, the game's never been so far out of reach that you had to stop running the football. So uh, Oklahoma still continues. And I, and I thought the exact opposite. I thought with Jeff Levy in there, this offense would continue to roll. Maybe Dylan Gabriel on this stage and at this level is just not as sharp as maybe you would really want. And I know Bud Elliott has mentioned that a lot uh, ultimately for him. And he wasn't terrible in this game. This is, I mean, 37 attempts, 344 yards. So he did a really nice job. It just feels like maybe you could have, maybe you could have had a little bit more on the ground. And I thought, why are they not, why are they not featuring more of that uh, in this ball game? And, Sawchuck, Sawchuck, and Walker averaged eight point five and seven point four yards a carry. To your point, like why aren't you just why aren't you just bleeding clock and eat and and running the ball more? Yeah, and the four the four fumbles might had a might had something to do with it. That's fair. Yeah, uh, two of them were lost, and Spencer, you're not going to go very far. Oklahoma State scored to, ten points off the turnovers. I know I'm not crazy, but didn't you and I you and I have listened to the solid verbal for a long time didn't the solid verbal had a solid verbal have a joke about alan bowman like didn't they used to make when, when he was at i can't remember what school maybe texas tech because all these kids they just transfer within conference um you know what i'm talking about the like, only joke they, i remember that they had was the pop gun arm on trace mcsorley yeah, he was at Texas Tech, and they, I think they—I think they said the 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 soon-to-be law firm of Alan Bowman. And when you see his picture, he looks like he—he he really does look like a traffic lawyer. Like, if you get a chance, go look him up. He—he he looks like it looks like a picture for real of a just—he's going to be a great lawyer one day. Um. Anyway, that's that's nonsense. Uh. Ollie Gordon continues to roll 33 carries for 137 yards and two touchdowns. Um, you know, Oklahoma State just got it done. They, they were, you know, they were at home, which helped. They were 
you know, extrinsically motivated as well uh, with everything that's going on with Oklahoma leaving the SEC and and how kind of disrespected a lot of teams within this conference are about that. Um, it's interesting that, I mean, <laughs> Alan Bowman only threw it to five different wide receivers. He had 330 yards and only threw to five different um, rece- receivers. Um, Spencer, I, I walked away from this game saying, okay, Oklahoma State has a chance to take take the championship away from both Texas and Oklahoma. And yeah, wouldn't that be a way to go out? You beat Oklahoma and you beat Texas for the actual title. So that would be, um, that would be quite the, the finish. You know, one other thing on Oklahoma, it just felt like mistakes. Yeah. We talked about the four fumbles. Two of them were lost. Uh, there was an interception from Dylan Gabriel as well. And then you, you look at that final that final drive, that final play on fourth and five, and you roll to the to the left, cut off half the field, and then your your go to receiver, who's been one of your top guys all year, fourteen targets on the day, twelve catches, one hundred and thirty four yards, really fine player for you, doesn't run his route to the sticks. He's yeah. short on the route, so even if he does complete the catch. It's at the sideline. He's he's going to be out of bounds. He's going to be short by a yard and a half, two yards maybe. So you're you're really, I think, if you're Oklahoma fans, you're. I think first and foremost, you're thinking Brent Venables better get on his recruiting horse and go get, you know. I don't want. I don't mean to disrespect Drake Stoops and. Dylan Gabriel, but you Dude, gotta they've go got to go. Subpar, yeah, they've got subpar wide receivers, man. They, yeah, I don't think Drake Stoops is starting at a lot of other places. No, no, he's not. Pay attention to his last name; it'll tell you exactly why he's there. Um, right. <clears throat> so yeah, I think I think that was really disappointing for uh, Oklahoma there at the end of the ball game. But give Oklahoma State, you know, uh, credit because at every level, whether it's the NFL here, high school football, whatever, you know, capitalize on mistakes. And Oklahoma made a lot of them in this ball game, and Oklahoma State was there to say, "We're going to make you pay for it." Absolutely. Um, I, hmm, yeah, I don't have a lot to add here uh, anymore on that game. I, I just, I felt like I felt like Oklahoma could be run on, and you know, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma State did run on them, but the, I mean, truly, they they diced them up on you know through the air. Alan Bowman had a, had a very good game. And Dylan Gabriel, to your point, had a good game as well. He just made too many critical errors. Mm-hmm. Just just horrible errors. I think the offense made a lot of errors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Spencer, just just real quick. I, I did, because I, you you saying what you said last episode um, gave me about the whole Oklahoma thing, how ever since, like, Adrian Peterson, like you've kind of cheered for them on the side. You and I, you know, you joked with me about Oklahoma State. So this week I had a question of the week for our listeners. And I said, what team has been your favorite to watch outside of your fandom? Um, and I just kind of wanted to share some of those responses real quick. Um, uh, okay. Because we actually got a, got a few. Um, I got to find both. I have it on two different. Uh, two, oh, there it is. Well, while um, you look for it, I've always yeah, liked Oklahoma. Um, yep. I would like for Michigan State to have a better football program. Uh, it's hard not to like. Well, let me back backtrack. I'm, I'm talking about people I respect. 
I think Oklahoma's always been that for me in the uh, in the in the Big Twelve. I don't completely have a team up north per se, uh, and out west. You know, Michigan State or uh, Washington State for a little while with Mike Leach, obviously David Shaw and Jim Harbaugh and the hype that uh, Stanford was at was always fun to see. And that was kind of cool that that, you know, the academic program got built up. Oregon's easy to pull for uh, out there as well. So um, and now it feels like it's Utah now. But um, those are a few of the other ones that I like to pull like to pull for. Yeah. As time goes by. Okay. Um, so, um, Hunter, uh, so we'll start on, uh, we'll start on doccentral.com, which, uh, again, a great, great website with forums and boards, um, and news and updates. Um, Graham and those guys do an incredible job keeping everybody up to date on the latest Georgia news. Um, y'all should go check them out at doccentral.com. But, uh, Hunter said Oregon. Um, you'll hear that again in here in a minute. Um, Will Morrison says Florida State. Uh, Jeremy Holland says, definitely Oregon. Love what Lanning is doing on the West Coast. I concur. Um, FSU um, by DX Champ. Um, good morning. I think a lot of Georgia fans feel some sort of adjacent to FSU. That sounds right because of where we're from. Yes. And Florida and Tallahassee is an hour 100%. and a half down the yes. road. So I feel like Lowndes County, Valdosta, South Georgia – Lots hour, of dog things. Like, lots like of an hour and fifteen minutes. Like it's like an hour and fifteen minutes away from from Tallahassee. Um, yeah, gr- growing up, you were either it, it really did seem like the people around us were either Georgia fans or FSU fans, and there was no like there was no tension between the two. Right. Um, uh, also, um, so good uh, good morning says Kansas. Uh, Boise dog says happy for landing that he lined up such a great first hire. Eugene is in. The Will Monty River Valley, a really beautiful. Uh, I don't know why this is so long. The the school has good alumni relations, and of course, the Phil Knight Nike money that generously ladled onto whatever um, needs it is. Uh, my wife and I visited there last summer, and at first, I was surprised that the football stadium, while an architectural masterpiece, wasn't very large. Then I realized it was the track stadium. <laughs> That's cool. Um, <laughs> and then Lady C says uh, Colorado. I, Spencer, I think I've shared this with you before. Um, my wife and I, we went up to, we went to, up to Oregon. Ooh, I can't remember when. We went to Oregon at some point, um, and we got to go visit the Nike factory. And you got to see, like, you, when you go there, you actually get to see every, at, the, at this time, you got to see every rendition of an Oregon jersey that Nike had ever developed. And this is just before Nike took over as the provider for the NFL. And so they had all of these also prototype jerseys out for every NFL football team. But they were meant to be like, like, hey, these are the ridiculously fun designs that we came up with. And uh, I, re- I just remember I remember that because I remember that the Patriots looked like the Iron Patriot suit from um, from the comics, from Marvel Comics or from Iron Man, uh, Iron Man 2. Um, or I'm in three. Yeah. Randomness of the day. There you go. Um, okay. Uh, and so then on, on Facebook, um, Amy Schwann says her, her husband responded with FSU. My friend Tripp, oh my gosh, he said Clemson because they're mostly awful and I revel in it. Um, <laughs> Mike Wood said it started out with Colorado, but honestly, I've enjoyed watching App State in between real games. And he laughs. Um, 
Um, my coworker at uh, Mount Parent says, while well, assuming you mean football, but LSU ugh, and then Iowa women's basketball. I heard they got a really good player on their team. I don't know. Maybe. Um, and uh, then Britt Cunningham, uh, he's a huge FSU fan. He says, whomever is playing Florida and Miami. Also, I'm old enough. I'm, I'm old. I used to enjoy watching tech with Paul Johnson's offense. Reminding me of my leather helmet days. <laughs> That's kind of an inside joke because I tease him constantly for how old he is. Um, but if he's listening right now, Spencer, you and I, we're, we're heavy defenders of Paul Johnson. We, we, we loved watching him play. Uh, we loved his offense while he was at tech. Now we didn't love playing against it, but the success he had at tech, you, you and I, we're a defender of Paul Johnson. Or am I the only one in that category? No, um, I always liked, you know, you had to re, you had a lot of respect for that. I did for sure. And he deserves being a from Georgia statue, right? The fact that he won the ACC like four times in that situation. Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. Okay. All right, Spencer. So let's, let's move on to the, thank you for all who uh, responded. So, so let's go to the next game. Um, I, man, I don't know if you had two TVs set up last night but you but for me like i just kind of feel like you had to because both the alabama lsu game and the other game we'll talk about in a minute with washington over usc those were just two barn burners two shootouts that it really just felt like whoever got the ball last was going to win um but we'll talk about alabama over lsu first so sir i'm going to start at the i'm going to kind of start at the end and then we can start over or we can we can come back to the beginning do you think that the Jaden Daniels injury kept LSU from winning this game. Uh, it certainly hurt their chances. I don't know if it uh, kept them from winning it because obviously their defense still has to go out onto the field and <laughs> try to stop, uh, try to stop the other team. I mean, it didn't have to. It didn't have to be Jalen Milrow and his track star speed. It looked like it didn't have to be that offense that they were stopping. It just has to be any offense. Can they stop anybody on that side of the ball? Mm -hmm. So no, I wouldn't have put it all on Jalen Daniels, but their, their opportunities are significantly cut in half, maybe even more than that without him there. Uh, Cause at least with him out there, you've got a chance to, you know, to, to keep up. But even with him on the field, you're in the, you're in the hole that you're in uh, 42 to 28. So, I think, I mean, no, I, I, the answer is no. Yeah, same here. I I thought they were going to lose this game, kind of. I, I thought they were going to lose this game after the interception. Um, And I, I just thought, because I, I think it was in the fourth quarter whenever he got hurt, right? Like, it was pretty yes. late, and it was, it was pretty late in the game. Um, Now, I think Jane Daniels played an incredible game. Threw for 219 and two touchdowns ran for 163 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he, he, if he's not in New York, like, I don't know how long he's going to be out with this concussion. I hope it's not long, but he, he should definitely be in New York. He has had that kind of incredible year, but whenever, but you go ahead. Were you about to say something? I, I was, but go please continue. Uh, it's well, not, I, it's just something funny. Go ahead. Okay. Um, we said, we said though, we we said that this was not that this game was not going to be because of Jalen Milrow Jalen Milrow versus Jaden Daniels. It was going to be could LSU's defense stop Jalen Milrow? 
that was going to that that was going to decide the game. And guess what, Spencer? They were unable to do that. Jalen Milrow had the best game of his career in a Bama jersey. Yes, it was only for two. He only threw for 219 yards, but the kid ran 20 carries for 155 yards and four touchdowns. He was incredible in this game. Well, that was going to be my thing was 15 of 23 for 219. Jaden Daniels, 15 of 24, 219. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Milrow, 20 carries, 167 yards before loss yardage. Jalen Daniels, 11 carries, 167 yards. So there are obviously a few things there in terms of averages that are off, and there's the interception for Jaden Daniels as well. So there are a few things that make the two box scores different, but there are a lot of similarities between how the two players played uh, for sure. Um, obviously Milrow with four rushing touchdowns and Jalen Daniels with three total touchdowns on the day. Um, all that being a big part of it. So, yeah, I mean, it, it came down to LSU's defense and that's really what it's always come down for. And you almost feel like Jaden should get a, an invite to New York with, you know, you almost take home a small trope, a small Heisman or something because, you know, with a little tag, sorry about your defense, you know, like, at these at that side of the ball been able to play better, there's no telling what this season looks like for uh for Jaden Daniels. Yeah. I mean there are two quarterbacks this in the in this this year that should probably sue sue their school for the lack of defensive help. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a hundred percent Jaden Daniels and Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. Um but no, man, this, I mean, look, this game, this game was really good. Like this was a really fun game to watch. This day was awesome uh, overall. I'm not going to lie though. Um, the LSU offensive line held up way better than I thought they would. They ended up only giving up one sack and one tackle for loss. They did give up. Well, yeah. Cause Jalen Daniels was hightailing it out of there. Uh, that's, that's fair. I, I just only I, eleven carries, but still, I mean, he was yeah. on the move. That's fair. I mean, yes, he didn't stay back there long at all. I just, I Thank think to I his just, credit. Yes, uh, I the the reason why I wanted to mention that is because on the other side, Alabama still has huge problems on the offensive line, dude. If it wasn't for Jay, if Jalen Milrow gets a tweaked ankle or if his hamstring isn't a hundred percent, like LSU still end up getting two sacks, three tackles for loss. And, and and three pass deflections along with Jalen Milrow getting 20 carries for 155 yards. Like they, they had the exact same mentality, but we talked about this before the game started. LSU was down a lot of elite players on their, on the defensive side of the ball. And they constantly were getting pressure on this Alabama offensive line, Spencer. Yeah. I mean, that's been the case all, all season for sure. So I just, I, it just, it just, threw me off that they still could not get that they couldn't keep they couldn't keep pressure off Jalen Milrow. Um anything else you want to add about the game? No, not really. All offense. Um Bama's defense obviously able to do just enough. Um I guess if you wanted to put Georgia glasses on this as the two teams seem to be on a you know, on a fast track to Atlanta, you know, I'm this, this doesn't change your overall opinion, which I think goes to what you're saying right now, your overall opinion of 
Alabama right now because everybody lights up LSU's defense. They still have problems protecting the quarterback and sort of keeping that that part of it. Although I think that stat line you read off is better compared to what the other stat lines have been. Um, yeah, no, you still have that problem, and there's nothing about Alabama right now. Nick Saban makes you nervous, but nothing about this Alabama team, the way that they're playing right now, makes you makes you all that overly concerned if Georgia and Bama meet in uh, in Atlanta. No, I, like we'll talk about the Georgia game here in a few minutes, but you don't even have it on the list. <laughs> um, What's that? I, I was just joking. Like I was just noticing it's not even. Oh yeah, on it's, it's not, not on, on here, on, is it? Yeah, not I not have the, the box score pulled. No, up. no, 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 no. Sorry. Uh, so, so to put to have that just really quick, have that conversation because I do want to ask you a question because every year, every week, you know, we try to pick a team to you know, hey, reassess, Spencer. Bama goes to Kentucky next week, noon kickoff, little, you know, early, early kickoff after uh, emotional win at home late. <clears throat> then they got Chattanooga and then the Iron Bowl at Auburn. Are you at all concerned about a stumble in any of those two games? I would be concerned if I felt better about who uh, Devin Leary was. Okay. And Devin Leary, I didn't see his numbers from this past weekend, but Devin Leary he just showed up just a couple weeks ago or last week against, I don't even remember who the opponent was that Kentucky played, but they played really, really well. Um, Kentucky was uh, a big winner over Mississippi State this weekend. If Devin Leary is still kind of just wonky and off and in some respects just not playing well, 13 of 22, 156 yards, two touchdowns, those are probably better numbers than what he's put up in in other games this year. If he continues to improve, which maybe you can say that he is improving, if that continues, maybe. But I think this Kentucky offense is still going to have to put up a, a really good fight and put together really good numbers against a really good Alabama defense. So, um, yeah, the, the, the that's thing what that, kind of is bailing out struggles on the mm. offensive line right now for Alabama. Yes. I, and you know, I, I, I stand by what I said last week though. This Alabama team is starting like it is starting to roll into form. Like they're able to just make plays. They're able to get Jermaine Burton, the ball, you know, or get Isaiah bond, the ball, and, you know, McClellan got, you know, had 63 yards and a touchdown in this game. Um, I still think this Bama defense is, is really good. You have like you have to give them credit for only giving up 28 points to the number one team in the country. Or, I'm sorry, number one scoring team in the country. And and I, th- I think I think their credit does belong, you know, to them in that. Um, but the fact that the fact that Bama was not able to really get get to the quarterback the way they were and LSU going back to the conversation, the Georgia conversation. I don't know. I don't know if Jalen Milrow will have that much success running the ball against Georgia's linebackers, but we'll, we'll talk about Georgia's linebackers here in a minute. Um, All right, Spencer, let's uh, let's, let's go to the, let's go to the other shootout of the night last night, Washington over USC. 
Um, I'll let you start off the conversation on this. Yeah, you know, you felt like to some degree this was about getting stops and then it became about which defense can make some plays. Mm. And I think Washington's defense did a, a much better job of making some plays. I think they both exchanged some stops early on in the ball game. I think you got like a punt from each team early on, but then, you know, you start talking about turnovers. You start talking about forcing the ball out of Caleb Williams's hand. You start uh, getting that kind of stuff happening, and you got a different looking, you got a different looking ball game at that point. USC uh, fumbles right there towards the end of the half, and you know that just sort of creates a a different kind of scenario for um uh, for Washington, and I think the the game swings at that point, and you're able to get Washington back out in front. You know, is is in terms of the trading scores back and forth. So, um, kudos to Washington's Washington's defense for for doing just enough um, to slow down things for for Washington or uh, for USC. You know, we we said a couple weeks ago when Utah played USC, like, hey, you know, Utah's offense isn't fixed. You know, they just played USC's defense, and you know, like I'm gonna be honest, like. I do have a little bit of that in the back of my mind, but then I look at the stat line and I see that Dylan Johnson ran for 256 yards and four touchdowns. And I watched that game and this was not like Washington's offense. I really do think would have put 40 on any team they were playing yesterday. They were, I think they were just that in sync. I think they were that in that kind of mode. Like they have, they have a switch Spencer Washington. Washington, like, I don't know if there's any other offense in the country that has a switch that, if it's flipped, can score on any any team they want. Now, I'm not saying they can beat anybody they want. I'm just saying I really do think that Washington, Washington has a level of offense that at times can be triggered that, again, just looks scary. Like, do you agree with that or, or, or disagree? I agree. Just... And they, they, it, it's just, it's insane at what they're able to do sometimes, um, with this offense. Um, and I love sticking to the ground game too. You yes, ran it 42 yes. times. You didn't, I mean, Michael Penix is your best player, but you threw it 30 times with him, which is plenty to do. You don't overthink it. Your ground game is working brilliantly. Keep going to it. Do you, because you could argue USC yep. doesn't ha- shouldn't have to put the ball in Caleb Williams' hands as much as they do. Now, he threw it f- five more times yeah. for 300 yards, three touchdowns. You don't want to take the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands. But at the same time, you think if you're running the football, you know, take a little bit of that pressure off of Caleb Williams if you can. And that way yeah. he doesn't have to be Superman all the time. If he can, if he just has to be Superman twenty eight times a day a game instead of thirty five, that I, I would imagine in Lincoln Riley's mind you would want that as long as you're running the football as well as you are at seven and a half yards a carry. Yeah, I I know I completely agree. Um, this is one of those times where I actually felt really bad for Caleb Williams. Did you see him after the game? Jeez, I was on the phone with somebody else and just yelled out. 
can you take the camera off the kid? I get it. We're stories. It's TV. Yeah, I, I hated yeah. that. I hated that they just like I, I get it. We can see him not, over there. You yes. can see him upset, and then get off of it. But they lingered, and they just left yep. it, and left it, and left it, and five I seconds just, turned I, I into five hours. See, I don't need to see Mama, Mama holding up something protecting her baby's face from people seeing him cry. You know, like yeah. just I just don't need to see that. Like I felt horrible for the kid. Or him he, holding it, I, I, you know. Yeah. Either either way, it yes. is. You don't need it. It's just. I don't. He played take great. The camera off. He he is not why they lost that game. Once again. No, and he's and he hasn't been all season. I don't think. I, obviously, he's had some games where he's not played well. But you know, you still look over at the defense and you think, yeah, if you guys could pick up the slack from every now and again, go back to the two runs for Georgia. Stetson didn't have great games every single weekend. The defense stepped in and helped out. He wasn't great in the national championship game against Alabama until those last few drives. The defense bailed him out. So it's like the team has to be there for one another, and this USC defense isn't that way uh, by any stretch. Agreed. Which leads to they fired Alex Grinch. And that that, that is – the news for the weekend for me, like, yes, the games are important. We're going to continue to talk about the games, but for some reason, it did seem like Lincoln Riley was never going to fire his friend, Alex Grinch, and that it was going to end up being the death of him at USC. But now that has been proven otherwise because he's let him go. He's, he's, he's fired him. And I'm, I'm not going to all of a sudden make some bold claim because we don't know who he's going to go hire, but I will say this, Spencer, if he is able to get even just if he can just get a top just top 50 top 40 top 50 defense that USC team is going to be freaking hard as crap to beat in the Big 10 well what was it at Oklahoma they went I to mean, the playoff at Oklahoma they yeah, dominated I mean, the Big 12 at Oklahoma and they played yeah. okay defense a sum of the time yeah. If that's the case, if you can just build yourself back to that, at least you're yeah. going to be in a good position. And at USC, I think at Oklahoma, you can go get the talent too. But at USC, you're maybe expecting the fact that you're USC, that you'll get uh, a few more blue chip players and that you'll be able to attract those kinds of guys. This is another opportunity on that recruiting side of things for Lincoln Riley to go out and win on on that aspect of this as well go get a good defensive coordinator and somebody who is going to get after recruiting defensive players that you know can get up and go for you so um this could if this is going to have to be a win on two fronts because i think you can make the argument at oklahoma they didn't have a whole lot of major difference makers on defense at oklahoma so i think lincoln needs to win on obviously a scheme uh, a unit that plays well but then you got to go out and get some guys on that side of the ball too. Yeah, I I just think Spencer if he if he okay, so Ohio State is going to be the example I use because we talked about this two seasons ago when they hired when they went and hired um Jim Knowles. Jim Knowles. We said we said that this could be game changing for Ohio State. Give him 2 years because he had just had that incredible run at Oklahoma State where they they almost make the playoff they're almost they're literally like 1 inch away from making the playoff um and we said give him 2 years and he's going to have an elite defense well fast forward 2 years what does ohio state have this year spencer 
An elite defense. An elite defense. If he is able, if they're able to just go get anybody that can just be on the level of that, I'm telling you, Spencer, this USC team is going to be dangerous. But again, we got to wait to see. <laughs> we got to wait to see because you, you just don't know. You, you don't know who he's going to go higher. I'm, I'll, I'll give Lincoln Riley credit, though. He did. He, he is making a move. And we can't sit here and bash him. I mean, we can bash how bad the off defense is this year, but we can't really bash him for moving forward because he's making the adjustment, you know? Yeah. No, yeah. You, you got to fire somebody in order to. Yes, uh, I agree. Okay. All right, Spencer. Next, um, next year, and then we'll kind of go, we'll get to the Georgia game and then go rapid fire. Um, Clemson upsets mm-hmm. Notre Dame. Um, this, this is the game where I was just spot on on this. this yeah. And it's, it's so disappointing too, if you're a Notre Dame fan, because you, 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 you pissed it away. I mean, Clemson ran the ball really well, uh, but Kate Clubnick was nothing special. 13 of 26, an interception, 109 yards, a touchdown. You, I think if you're Notre Dame and I was looking at some other things too, if you're Notre Dame, you just feel awful about this because you just you just threw it away. And this was a game that you showed up and played poorly. And Clemson, they stole one from you, I think. Yes, yes, that is that is a good way to put it. They stole that. They stole this from you. And and also, like you let Mafa run for a buck eighty six on you. And but 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 again, Spencer. That that's not what I want to focus on, though. What I want to focus on is how freaking dead on we were about Sam Hartman. He is over four. He was over four against Clemson walking in this game, and I said he's going to be given PTSD in this game, and he was awful. Thirteen of thirty for one forty six and two interceptions, and they were bad interceptions. He looked he he looked like he couldn't make up his mind. He looked indecisive. Uh, that's the same word. I don't know why I just said that back to back. Um, it, it was just bad. It was really bad. It was a bad offensive performance by both teams, but it was disappointing because Sam Hartman is a six-year senior, you know, who should who should be in a better spot, who should be able to handle this moment. And Notre Dame is going to walk out and look. They're probably going to end up nine and three. Okay, they're they're not, they're they're not going to their season isn't ruined. It was ruined a few weeks ago when they lost their second game. They're, they've got Wake and they've got Stanford. They should probably, they should, sorry, should win both those games and finish the season nine and three. It's a good year. It's uh, but you kind of want more. And, you know, I had, uh, you know, I heard the question asked on uh, some podcast earlier today, you know, like, what does Notre Dame need now? You know, because Sam Hartman was supposed to be the answer. And, and I, I think it's really simple. You need athletes on the outside at wide receiver. That's nope. part of it, and I think you need an experienced play caller that can open your offense up just enough. That's fair. I don't. I don't think you have to go five wide, you know, bombing it down the field to a, an Alabama style. I think you just need somebody that can open things up just enough. And yeah. maybe you were hoping to do that with Sam Hartman, but I think you're. Uh, you know, I agree as well. You got to have receivers. You got to have. 
the recruiting of for the passing game for Notre Dame, because I would imagine that is the it, most Notre Dame fans would say that's been the the headache for the last long time. Yeah, is just the throw game. We've not been able to get quarterback right. We've never had terrible quarterbacks, or at least haven't had them for a while. But we just don't have difference makers at quarterback. Ian Book was okay, in my opinion. Stam Hartman has turned out to be, from a okay. year standpoint, he's just been okay. And you know what? No, no, no. You know, what, Spencer. Let, let actually, I disagree. Let's call Sam Hartman what he's been. He's been a disappointment. Yes. Uh, yeah. One hundred percent. I'm not trying to fight you on that, but I, I just think. Well, I think, I think we, it's the same thing. Yeah. I, oh, just okay. That's a disappointment from Sam Hartman. That it's just. Yeah, it's bad. It has been bad. He he has been bad. This, you know, I was so hyped. You and I both were so hyped this offseason about the, this move for Sam Hartman. And you know what? I bet he would have been too had had. Uh, Tommy Reese stayed. Um, that could have been a that could be a difference maker here for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, Spencer. So let's uh, let's talk about our dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked out of this game really positive. I don't. I didn't walk away from this game like super negative. Um, Georgia. Georgia ends up playing what I would call maybe their B minus game. Uh, for stretches of this game, and Missouri came in playing their A game. They they looked like they looked rested. They looked like they had two weeks to prepare for this, which we didn't even mention, by the way, on the podcast. Failure on my part. Um, but Spencer, I, I I did not walk away from this game saying, "Man, this Georgia team got exposed." I did not think that at all. I thought that this was a incredibly well fought battle between two really good teams. Um, and Missouri had two weeks to prepare and gave Georgia everything they had. Yeah, I don't think Georgia got exposed either. I think the things that Missouri did well were some question marks that I think we all had. Georgia's not been, or things that we've already identified. Georgia has not been stellar on the um, along the lines of scrimmage this year. Maybe not quite like they've been before. They've not. I don't think they've been bad on either side. But they've not been quite as dominant, and I think Missouri was able to sort of match that a little bit. And then we've talked about Georgia not stopping the run as well this season. And Cody Schrader went off um, now, 5.1 yards a carry. So now, he now, had a really, fair, really good game. I was he, talking to a buddy of mine that mentioned, you know, he thought we should have stuck with, uh, that Missouri should have stuck with the ground game a little bit more, that maybe 22 carries wasn't enough for Cody Schrader. 22 is a is a really big number in this day and age, but 22 wasn't enough. Should have kept going to him. Well, and and I to to add to that, I would say that I don't think Schrader though got his yards until the second half. I can look at that. Like I could be completely wrong in that. But if I'm not mistaken, he he didn't start getting those yards until until the third and fourth quarter. Um, but while you're looking that up, um, let me let me I'm make mention notes as we speak. No, that's fine. Let me let me let me make uh let me let me brag about Georgia though for a second. Yes, they gave up um they gave up a 39 yard touchdown pass to Luther Burden early in the game, uh for the first touchdown of the game. But guess what? After that, two care two two other catches for an additional 14 yards. I know yeah, he got, got banged hurt. up just a little bit. Yep, go ahead. But, but that happened later. 
in the, that happened later in the game. And he, but he just was not. Georgia did not let him beat them. That didn't happen in the. I thought that happened like late first quarter, early second. I thought he got hurt kind of early on, but they went to him in the end zone. That's right. It, it was it was towards the end of the first half, um, but he comes back out there, and, and I just don't. I guess that was, but the, the, that first drive, he he was he looked really good. He got that touchdown pass, but then all the way from that point on, and the other times they got the ball to the end of the second or the second quarter, Georgia did not let him dominate. Did not let him take over. And 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 credit to them on that. Um, did you find that stat? I'm calculating as we speak. Okay. Um, also, uh, give Brady Cook, give Brady Cook credit though. Um, Lots of credit. A lot of credit, but but also, you got you got to look at the stat lines. You know, he got ten. He had ten carries or thirty nine yards. Though I don't think, except for maybe two of those, I don't think any of those were designed runs. I think they were all scrambles, um, because Georgia was getting pressure. But Spencer, he was only fourteen of thirty for two twelve. Man, like. You, like yeah, he, six of twelve in the fourth quarter. Just, I think that's where it really fell apart for him. Was there were you know they they tried to they were having to force it a little bit because mm-hmm. the clock was down, against yeah. him. Georgia was ahead at that point by nine, and he was taking that snap and they kept throwing it to the left, almost back shoulder throws. He had about four or five of those. It felt. Maybe that's not an accurate number, but he had a several of those throws to the left that just went incomplete because they kind of just had to force it. They weren't trying to go over the middle of the field, and he ends up with um, two bad interceptions in the half. Well, yep. one bad interception in the second half, and then um, that final play as well. Well, also, Georgia did something this year that they have not done all year, and it, it was more of a nickel-type package that they ran with where they had Everett, Humphrey, and Lassiter on the field at the same time. They had their three stud cornerbacks on the field at the same time with Starks and Bullard, um, you know, r- running running the safety up top. And man, it it they just did a good job. That they 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 were, you know, yes, they got a penalty. The the refing the the refs were horrible on both sides. Guys, I know you want to complain about the holding calls, but just know this: Georgia had several holding calls as well that were never called. Um, it, it was bad on both sides. <clears throat> Excuse me. But this this Georgia team seems to be have found some rhythm on defense, Spencer, on bringing pressure. They end up getting three sacks in the game. Georgia had only given up six sacks on the year um, before this game, and they gave up three um, to Missouri. But I think a couple – I think two of those were in the first half and then they they made adjustments as well and and didn't Carson Beck had was not pressured nearly as much in the second half as he was in the first um Took one sack in the third quarter okay yeah i i thought that math was right good uh did you and find Brady those? Cook was 2 for 6 in the third quarter so again that just the second half numbers for him through the year were not as good so that's 6 8 of 20 in the second half if i've got that right and then for Schrader, my friend was right. Uh, three carries for five yards in the first. You were also right. Eight for 27 in the second. So that's 11 for 32 in the first half. And then the second half, third quarter, four for 43. And then in the fourth quarter, four for 37 or a total of 11 for 80. So yeah, you almost, and again, the clock's against you at this point. So that probably factors into it. But yeah, you're, if, if you're a Missouri fan, you're probably thinking, man, it would have been nice if we could have got him more carries 
in the second half um, than just the 11. And, and I'll just say this. I, I could be completely wrong here, Spencer, but I think, I think Kirby was okay with that. I think Kirby was okay with giving up, giving up those yards at times because he, they weren't going to give up the big shot play. They wanted time to run out. And you, you know what I'm saying? Like it just, it kind of just felt like yeah, by the time to the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, yeah, like run, go ahead and run the football. You know, like a lot of people I saw were getting upset because, you know, Georgia was getting beat on those zone, those uh, stretch plays. And I kind of just think it's because Georgia had their nickel package out there and they they were just not going to give up a deep pass. And and they didn't. Jeez, they did not like. They, yeah, and I think you probably felt good, even though Schrader was going for nine point two yards a carry. You probably feel good that he's not going to rip anything you feel good that you can keep him from ripping anything too terribly long his longest run was 13 yards it's not like he ran off you know what i'm saying it's not like he went off for like 30 or 40 yard runs um right. to your point and yeah. but you know let, let's just take a second though i want to i want to talk about carson beck man um mm-hmm. you know looked rattled in the first half he did um he looked rattled but but the dude just kept going and kept coming and I never was in doubt about him. I never, you know, like we, we don't want to, we don't want to be revisionist history here, but like Spencer, let's be honest. Let's let's think back to that national championship game against Bama that you, that you brought up. Didn't, wasn't there kind of a lot of people that did, that wanted us to go to JT Daniels heading into that game, <laughs> uh, heading into that national championship or even at halftime. Cause because he wasn't, he he just looked rattled. He didn't seem like he could play very well, you know. And and you know, Kirby stuck with him, and obviously we won, and that's great. But not once in this game did I think, oh man, like is there someone else? You know, like no Carson yeah, Beck, it, yeah Carson Beck, Carson Beck's our quarterback, and he's really freaking good. Yeah, I think if you're not on that train by now, you're you you haven't really been paying attention. Um, yes. I mean, today might have not not have been his best day, but he, I'm, um, I'm perfectly fine with Carson Beck, and, uh, yeah, I don't really have much to, yeah. As long as Ladd McConkey or Brock Bowers is out there, I'm fine with Carson. Uh, you know, I'm fine with Carson Beck as our receiver. Also, good for Dominic Lovett. Good for Lovett getting a touchdown. Yep. Um. Yep. Oscar Delp had a touchdown cool. as well as a as a, a big catch touchdown. in the fourth quarter. Crucial touchdown. Yep. Um. Spencer, let, well, and, wanna, and two, you know, real quick, yeah. going to the uh, the defense, you know, that kind of gets picked on at times because they're not as good as the last two years, and that that thing's become old and tired. This is this year. We don't have to be those years. This is this year. Yeah, I'm really either way. That stuff. The inner, you know, Georgia scores the touchdown, twenty four to thirteen. They score a touchdown. Make it uh, in an extra point, 21-24. Georgia goes, I think, three and out on the next possession, or they end up punting on the next possession. And it's the fourth quarter, early fourth quarter, I think. And Missouri's got an opportunity. I guess it's the third quarter. Either way, Missouri's got an opportunity to go down and put something together, twenty-four uh, trailing 24-21. And then comes the interception, comes the pressure. Cook takes the snap, rolls just a little bit to his right couple of steps, pressure's coming off that side. He comes back to the left and throws that ball, gets his arm hit as he's throwing that ball, and there's the big stack house 
ready to uh oh, you know fix it off and rumbling stumbling bumbling down the sideline <laughs> too bad that that return didn't stay but uh, georgia is able to milk a little time off the clock uh but give us you know give him that credit in that moment because that was a really big play that georgia needed to kind of help uh put missouri behind the uh put him behind the eight ball because you do go down and get points off of that turnover you extend the game it's now two point it's now a two uh, possession game and you put uh, the pressure on Missouri. So huge play from uh, from Stackhouse. Absolutely. I I just it. I think I think people need would need to rewatch the game and pay attention to it because I don't think a lot of stats are going to show it because of how many times like, um, uh, oh my gosh, Cook scrambled. But Spencer, I I think our I think our defensive line or our outside linebackers, these young guys are starting to get way more pressure than we realize. They're, they're just not causing sacks. And, but I think that pressure can, can, be, can do wonders, especially when your defense is, is so good at getting interceptions. Um, because do they are. Like, I, I, need, I need to pull up the stat. I, I, I had it and I lost it because I accidentally clicked the X. But Georgia, I think Georgia ranks in the top five in interceptions this year. In the country, um, okay. yeah, dude, th- this team's really good at, at getting at getting um getting those interceptions. But anyway, um, Spencer, I, the only thing I want to add about this Georgia team is I think we I think we see here just like we've seen with every other team this year that we've watched, except for except for Michigan. Everyone's coming at Georgia with everything they have. And there's not uh, there's not an elite team this year. Georgia can lose. Now I don't know if it's going to be this weekend against Ole Miss. We'll talk more about that on Thursday when we record. But Georgia's not unbeatable, and I've not seen necessarily anything from Ole Miss that would make me quote unquote scared. But I am starting to get a little nervous about playing teams like playing teams like Alabama who has an elite defense or maybe playing <laughs> the team across the way on the other side of the country in Oregon, who looks really freaking good right now. Um, this, this Georgia team is just not perfect and that's okay. But I will say this, here's the positive. This team did not stop. This Georgia team got hit in the mouth in the second half, Spencer. It wasn't just the first drive of the game. It was the second half. This Georgia team got punched in the mouth and you know what though? They kept back. They kept they kept coming back and punching again and again and again, and that that means something to me. Watching this Georgia team, one hundred percent. You don't have to, you know. You you go out there, thirteen different versions of yourself, what whatever that phrase is, and um, you keep you keep getting a chance to work on it. You keep getting a chance to figure it out, to smooth over the mistakes, to make up for the mishaps, whatever it is, you still get a chance to keep working on it. So by all means, as long as Georgia and Kirby are still working, you know, my, my level of panic is much further down than what it used to be. Um, yeah. I As I, long as they have a chance to keep working, I'm fine. Also, just something that I thought about this, and I, I thought you'd appreciate this, just to have a Georgia fan moment for a second. I think you and I, we, you and I were the kings of this, especially – when I was living in Valdosta, we were the kings of uh, under Mark Richt of 
well, if this team loses, then we'll have this many games up, you know, in the East or, you know, we, now we need this team to lose so we can, you know, still have a chance to get to the, you know what I'm talking about, Spencer, how we constantly do that over and over again. Yeah. The scenarios. Yeah. I have yet to do that with this team this year or last year or the year before mm-hmm. or the year before <laughs> Kirby, I, I trust this Kirby Smart coach team. Do I think, do, am I picking them to win the SEC right now? No, I'm not. Am I picking them to win the national title? No, I'm not. Because guess what? They don't play for it this weekend. Uh, right. But I I don't care what Tennessee does. I don't care. I don't care about any other team in this country or in this conference than Georgia. Because Georgia, I trust Georgia to win the games they need. Because And the only reason I make mention of that is because we spent so much time under Rick worrying about who's to come and what, you know, we need Tennessee to lose this game to South Carolina or South Carolina to lose to Florida now. You know, like we, we don't have to worry about that. And I don't. Um, with that said, I think Georgia can clinch the East if they win this weekend against Ole Miss. Um, all right, Spencer, let's let's get through these other games really quickly. I want to end on that number two, by the way, right there. So um, Arizona beats UCLA. Uh I saw a post from somebody who follows or is a Instagram person for UCLA, and he was just, he was fed up. He was, we got to get rid of this guy, Chip Kelly this, Chip Kelly that. He was not having it. He was very irritated with um, what he believed to be a very subpar performance this weekend for uh, UCLA. 17 first downs. 271 yards of total offense. Um, it was I bad. Think, yep. And two, what is this? Uh, one for five. Two for five in the red zone altogether. One for five on touchdowns. But guess what? <sighs> I got a stat line for you. Uh-huh. Noah Fafita. Yeah. 25 of 32 for 300 yards and three touchdowns. This kid, if... I'm telling you right now, if Arizona better get ready to pay some big money to keep that kid, because there's no way someone's not trying to get him to transfer to their school this offseason. Mm-hmm. He's a baller. Yeah, USC, USC might come calling if Caleb's <laughs> headed to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, Ole Miss survives A&M. I, I, this was the other game I got wrong, Spencer. I'm sorry, I missed this one too. Um, I... But I was almost so right. <laughs> like, that's the sucky part. I was almost so right. You know, Jimbo always has these one game in him to to win this thing. It took him a while to turn it on, it felt like. Oh, it did. Oh, my gosh. Yes, it did. Um, Max Johnson is very inconsistent. He'll hit, he'll hit a big play. He'll hit an awesome pass down the seam. Um, or on the sidelines, but then he will miss a wide open receiver on third and four who who could streak down the sidelines and score a touchdown. He and looks he, like he's trying so hard to throw that dude, football too. So hard, man. You want to talk about pop gun it arm? Looks, yep, it looks painful to watch him throw. It does. And he's left handed too, and he's like he's I think snake, that makes it worse you know? for sure. Yeah, he's just he's a freak, you know, with left handed people. Jeez. I'm telling you, My son's left handed too. My son, Elijah's left handed. Take um, after his weird uncle. That's uh, fair. It's fair. Um, I I just don't have a lot of walk a lot to walk away from this. Um, Ole Miss Ole Miss beat at home by only three points a bad A and M team. 
Um, yeah, Ole Miss has got to figure out how to sort of get these leads and keep them. You're leading yeah. 20 to 7, 14 to nothing, 20 to 7, 28 14. You're leading these games and you you have a hard time putting teams away or keeping them away. It's sort of a weird, meticulous kind of thing that I'm, you know, hair that I'm splitting here. But it just feels like I, I, I think Ole Miss fans would agree. We just let teams linger. And we've got to do a better job of putting the foot down on the throat, whatever it is. Ole Miss feels like they're just a couple of steps away from that. Maybe more, but you got to figure out how to keep games from getting this kind of close late. They even led, A&M led 35-31 at one point. Yeah. You had two separate leads of 14 and, and, and two scores, and you're you just have a hard time putting teams away. And I think that's why Ole Miss is not – they're not going to go very much further than 10 on anybody's board because the defense is just – ah. And, and here, here's the thing. I just want to mention this too. I think Ole Miss has a has a receiver problem because, you know, like we'll look at Missouri. Like Missouri has, you know, Luther Burden obviously, but then they have other guys who can make plays who are wide receivers that other teams would want. Ole Miss continuously seems to only be throwing to Trey Harris. And, look, look, the kid balled out. Like, I'm not taking anything away from him. Having 213 yards as a wide receiver in one game is awesome. But the fact that you have 11 targets and the only person who has closer is five after that, like, that's a— Oh, no, it's 15 targets, and the closest person is seven. Jeez Louise. It, like, that—well, I, I meant to say receptions. I didn't mean to say targets. But yeah, yeah, sure. But, but that's a problem, Spencer. Like, if you, like, Judkins is a dude. I'm not doubting him at all. But, man, I'm I'm just, <sighs> Ole Miss, you, you can't, you can't be one-dimensional offensively in any way if you're going to try to win this conference. And you, you saw what happened to them when they played Alabama, and it, it wasn't great, you know, 24 to 10. And that's back in when Milrow was in, like, first form still trying to figure himself out a&m scored all of their points um without any turnovers Ole Miss had eight points off of turnovers i almost feel too like you know the defense is giving up you know scoring drops yeah. let me see if i can find them here real quick a&m scoring drives 12 for 75 5 for 75 9 for 75 12 for tw- uh, 67 Jeez. Now you're playing well early. Yeah. You even got an interception in there. You're playing well early. The first four possessions are all punts. So, I mean, you're doing the right stuff early. You just got to throw a little, you know, extend a little bit of that into the next, into the, it, it, to the it rest does, of the ball game. I wonder if they struggle to make adjustments at halftime. Like, I wonder if that's part of it. Yeah. All right, Spencer. Um, and then lastly, uh, this is the last game I got, and then and then I'm good to go. Uh, <laughs> Florida choked and lost to Arkansas. Yeah. There's Bad no other choke. way to put that. They had that game won. It's those uh, black uniforms. God, they were hideous. 
I don't know who I don't know who is on some staff that says, "Hey, this is a great idea for our students to wear." I get the suggestion. I get I get you know someone who designs it and is like, "Hey, this looks really good." But who on earth on that Billy Napier staff says, "Yeah, we should wear these." Billy Napier apparently. God, man, they're hideous. It's a it's a military weekend, and it's all great to you know honor the military, of course. Yeah, but I think you can do it in other ways. You know. You're not a team that has black in your normal team colors, then then don't wear black. Like I don't like it when Tennessee does it. I don't like it I when know. anybody else does it. I, and I'm and I'm picky about that. I just I know don't you care are. For it. It's my friend, my friend Cody. When it comes to uniforms, you two would get along great because he absolutely hates those Tennessee black uniforms or the smoke. The the smoke Tennessee uniform. I don't whatever. mind the the gray ones. Smoky Mountains, Tennessee. Oh, okay. okay, that's fair. I, he I hates can I can ones. say okay to that, but yeah, I, I don't care for. I don't care for. Um, I just if you're gonna do it, can they look good? You know, like that's that's just my. Well, thing. that's yeah, that's the weird thing. How do you put orange and blue in there with the black? And I, I don't know. If there's just a part of it. That's, I just if you're gonna go black, just ignore the blue part of your uniform and just go. Just go black, orange, and white. Like so many teams, ignore, yeah, or black, blue, and white. Yeah, like because so many teams in this, uh, like in the country, ignore one of their primary colors to to make it look good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they do it all the time. Um, like uh, you, you and I, you, we, you and I are going to have this off season. We are going to have a uniform special episode. Where we just talk about our favorite our favorite uniforms and what makes a good uniform. That's what we're going to do this off season. Okay. It's going to be great. Um, Spencer, I I think that's it for me. I I won't lie. You know, I actually have one last one. It's a disappointing one because I just was so upset by this. Nebraska went and lost to Michigan State. Really? Yes. Lost seventeen huh. to twenty. Gave up a late touchdown. Lost the game. That's bad day. It is. Sorry, I was yawning. No, it's okay. I know it's kind of boring. It's it's Michigan State. I mean, it's it's Nebraska. So, <laughs> uh, Oregon State's uh, going bowling. They're seven and two, uh, which I think they've already been bowling. But either way, nice win over um, Colorado. Uh, we talked about UCLA losing, and we did mention uh, Fafita. So never mind. Uh, Kansas gets a big win over Iowa State. That was a game I think we highlighted a little bit of uh, going into the weekend. Ohio State has such an, a quarterback problem. Ohio think, State does. Yeah, I th- I I think McCord is going to cost them. I I also, in unless Michigan is just not very good, dude. I think that Michigan is going to blast this this uh this ohio state team i think it'll be like that first year and it's going to be close early and michigan will have the opportunity to wear them down yeah and and run away with it in the second half their defense will keep them in the game to your point ohio state's defense will keep them in the game early but just god man mccourt mccourt just just like you can't you can't just keep throwing to Marvin Harrison all the time and just not like anybody else on your team exists or like, and maybe they don't have the talent right now. I don't know. Uh, 
but it was it was, it was best wide receiver room in the in the in the country. We thought so. We thought so. Uh, I, I I just Rutgers Rutgers if if Rutgers's quarterback could throw a simple a simple hitch route, Rutgers goes into halftime up like seventeen to seven at halftime. Well, I think the very fact that they had the quarterback hand the ball off between his legs mm. on a fake tush push, I think tells you what they think of their quarterback's ability to throw the ball forward. That's fair. We, we want you to work on putting this between your legs and handing it back. <laughs> we want you to work on being a center <laughs> while under center. That's what we would like for you to do. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. their confidence we, in him to throw the football. We just don't. Uh, we just, you know, it's nothing personal. We just don't believe in you, <laughs> and we don't have any other options. So Dude, you're uh, it. Yeah, but I'm. I don't. I don't know if you. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I. I, I think McCord is a problem, and he's going to cost them. Um, Tyler Van Dyke threw three interceptions in NC State, one twenty to six. Jeez Louise. So that happened this weekend. <laughs> Georgia Tech, man. Georgia Tech, 45 Dude. points. Yes, it was Virginia. Georgia Tech, though. Spencer, is, 45. Spencer is Georgia Tech going to give Georgia a game? No. Stop <laughs> that. <laughs> they let Joe Milton sling the ball around a little bit there at oh, Tennessee. And he, oh, great. Um, Wonderful. They're about, they're, Louisville's 8-1. They're, who cares? I'm just kidding. That that was a good game by them. Um, and Florida State's nine and zero, beat Pittsburgh twenty four to seven. Did uh did Travis get hurt in this game? It feels like he stays banged up. Yeah, dude, he's constantly a bruise. Yeah. Uh, Florida State Miami this weekend. Where uh, is at? Where's it at? Florida. I think is it's it? in Tallahassee. Yeah. Yeah, our buddy Russell's going to go take pictures for the Canes. Oh, he lives dope. in Tallahassee now. Oh, for real? Why'd they move? Hmm? Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. Let's not put his business out there. That's 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 interesting. I, I didn't it was good. Were... I mean, they, they moved for good reasons. Good, 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 good. Um, There's a really good chance that I'm going to the SEC championship game. So Lovely. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, all right, Spencer. I'm D-U-N, man. I'm done. Okay. Very good. Well, we will uh, we'll, we'll get out of here. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe. Two friends, one love, and that is college football. We'll catch you on the flip-flop. Later. Later.